Good morning, everyone. Um, I hope you all enjoyed your weekends and um, are looking forward to another week of Groundhog Day. Well, I don't know about you, but you're probably going to be sat in some office somewhere looking at a screen and filling your days full of um, video calls. Um, really appreciate you giving your time up to um, join us this morning. I hope we've got an interesting half an hour, 45 minutes ahead for you. Um, so if I'd like to introduce myself, if I could, my name's Mike Belcher. I'm the Corporate Sales Director at Lease Plan. I've been with Lease Plan now for about 18 months, but I've been in the industry um, in various companies and roles for the last um, 20 years, particularly with an interest in um, large fleets. Um, and if I can just introduce my colleague, Jess. Thank you, Mike. Uh, nice photo, by the way, Mike. Just wanted to say that. Um, I'm Jess Chapman. <laughs> I've been with the organisation for 20 years, and yes, my photo is 20 years old. Um, my background's in public sector, uh, and I'm now responsible for large public sector and large corporate fleets. Uh, thank you for joining us today, everybody. Okay, thanks, Jess, and I appreciate, yes, I do. I'm, I'm not quite going to confess how old that photo is, but it's not last week. Um, so, purpose of today, really, is um, we're going to try and get through this whole webinar without using the word unprecedented or using the phrase the new normal. But the idea is we're looking to talk about where we've been so far and where we think we're going. So, as Lease Plan, we do have quite a number of organizations um, in different countries, and particularly what we think is of interest is some of those countries have emerged from the lockdown a few weeks ahead of us. So we do have um, an element of a crystal ball, no matter how opaque it is, um, where we we try to take some learnings from countries such as Italy, Spain, Germany, and Greece, who have emerged from tighter lockdowns in some situations and um, slightly more loose lockdowns. But the aim of it is to try over a series of webinars, of which today is the first one, to share those learnings um, and how they might apply to you and your fleet um, over the course of the next few weeks. As things evolve, the speed at which um, they are evolving is very fast. Therefore, we want to try and see what we can learn, what we think um, that could benefit for our customers, our prospects, and anything we think that fleet operators should really um, pay attention to as these weeks unfold. So if that's okay, without any further ado, we'd like to, to jump straight in. So the lockdown itself, don't want to spend loads of time actually talking about um, the lockdown. It's been um, on the news every day with the daily briefings, and I think we all know what we've experienced. I think I just want to share a couple of things, actually, that um, have been quite new experiences for me in the lockdown, I'll ask, I'll ask Jess to do the same. So a couple of um, interesting experiences. The first time we had to try and pitch to a customer um, for, a, for a piece of business over um, MS Teams was fascinating, especially before Teams had rolled out its new nine people on screen. So we realized that the four people from our business did most of the talking and we couldn't actually see the customer for the whole of the entire pitch, which is quite an interesting experience and one that we're going to have to learn from. But it's also been quite an interesting, I know that we're not actually really um, working from home. I think it's more feels like we're working at home, looking after our family whilst trying to make sure everything's okay. So the amount of video conferences that have been interrupted by my four-year-old dressed in various princess outfits has been quite a learning over the last few weeks. I'm sure that's the same for pretty much most lounges, living rooms, offices um, across the country. 
But Jess, how, how's it been for you? Yeah, the one thing I'm really surprised about, Mike, is that I've missed driving. So I've missed that time out in the car where you have time to yourself, listening to the radio, podcast, catching up on calls. Uh, I've really missed having that decompression as you come home from work. So you, you finish work and you're straight in your lounge or your kitchen and there isn't that wind down process. So I've really missed driving. I haven't missed the M25, though, I do have to say. Um, so my, my journey into Slough, I'm not missing that, but I'm missing the experience of being in the car. Uh, like you, I've learned some things about my, my family. Uh, I've learned that six-year-olds can survive on ice lollies alone. That is a food group in itself. Um, so she knows, especially if I'm hitting a, a call or a, a WebEx, that she will ask for an ice lolly just before then, because I'll always say yes, because it's easier. I've learned Timetables Rockstars is a, on an app, is uh, the equivalent of home education. So I do give her that. Um, and my, I've learned my 17-year-old is really disappointed we don't live in Luton because that's where the first McDonald's opened and she was thoroughly disgusted we weren't in a location or that I wouldn't drive her to Luton for a McDonald's. So um, that's been my lockdown so far, Mike. <laughs> Not even with a two-hour queue. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the police it. had to break one up, didn't they? <laughs> Actually, the police had to get involved in a McDonald's queue yesterday. Um, Brilliant. So... We all know where we've been with the lockdown, but actually what's been, um, well, it's been hugely challenging um, and very interesting to try in the middle of coping with what has been an unprecedented health crisis. Um, everything in relation to running a fleet has been called into question, as well as everything in relation to where we work, how we work, the dynamics with our families, um, the dynamics at home, the dynamics of working remotely with an office. But Things that you wouldn't have thought about of, of challenges in running a fleet about are you going to be able to get parts? Is there going to be a backlog on fines? Um, hygiene processes, what happens with local lockdown versus national lockdown? There's just so many um, questions that have emerged in the last um, few weeks over as, as this has happened. And what we're going to try and do today is answer. We're not going to go through these questions one by one, but I hope we picked some subjects where there've been some key movements um, and some key learnings from other other countries across the continent that we might be able to share with you. So, if without further ado, if I could move on, the sections we are going to talk about, which we think are the um, the hottest, there's five of them. So we are going to be covering off um, the pace of recovery and how fast we think that will happen. Um, how social distancing will impact moving forward, vehicle sanitization, keeping your admin on track, and overall how you can offset some of the cost challenges that we're faced with at the moment. So with no further ado, um, I'll cover the first one. The, the pace of recovery, what we are seeing is actually the speed at which um, the lockdown is lifted is, is creating a real inconsistency in su the supply chain and BAU operations spinning back up to normal. And this is where insight from other countries has been quite fascinating. So what we've seen in Italy, Germany, Greece, and Spain is a real difference in the speed at which certain parts of the vehicle supply and supply chain has come back to normal. So in Italy, for example, it's very slow to get started, but um, deliveries, as we're experiencing now, was very slow. But within four weeks, that was almost back to normal. So they're, they're pretty much back to normal um, on vehicle deliveries. 
And what was also really interesting was whilst in Italy, um, customer visits are, are not happening until August, September time, is actually the people we were speaking to in Italy were in the office. So there has been a drive to get people back into workplaces within Italy. So only a few weeks ahead of us where the lockdown in certain regions was much, was much stricter. Um, the people we were talk, talking to a few days ago um, were sat in the office, um, which was quite interesting. We're also seeing where in Germany, where the um, lockdown actually was in um, harsh effect in different regions and, and looser in others, depending on the, on the federal states. Um, they still are not back to normal on um, vehicle delivery. So it's still operating at about 50% capacity within um, the supply chain. And we're seeing specifically in Greece as well that lead times on average have slipped by about 40%. So these are countries that are, are probably about three weeks to four weeks ahead of us. And the learnings from them in the speed at which this uh, suppliers are getting back in, um, into some sense of normality is very variable. And we're seeing that locally ourselves. So uh, the biggest challenge right now is um, in regards to getting new vehicle deliveries um, out um, to our customers. And we're seeing that delivery um, dealerships where they have an in-house delivery logistics operation have been able to um, implement the practices to get their operation back up and running um, much faster than the dealership groups that use an out outsourced, large outsourced logistics providers. Um, as, a, as a real disparity in the speed at which they've been able to get back up and running. So the appetite within the supply chain, because the vehicles are on the ground, a lot of them have, have arrived, they're in stock, the manufacturer needs paying, um, and the customers want them, and we as the leasing company want to fund them, is not being matched by the speed at which we can all get those vehicles out to the customers. And in actual fact, on the other side, customer availability to take vehicles has also meant that um, organizing deliveries that used to take two to three days uh, is now taking two to three weeks. What's also been really interesting is the dealers are all back, well, they're all back on the ground, um, a lot of them back from furlough, but we only really have visibility so far of clearly about 5% of our total order bank as to its actual um, delivery date updated. So we've seen a huge flurry since the last week um, of updates to um, delivery statuses, but it's very yet still unclear as to the state of the um, supply chain coming behind it in um, lead times um, and where vehicles are and vehicle supply in itself. So it's very, very, very inconsistent and very difficult to get a handle on um, the, what's going to happen in relation to um, vehicle deliveries as just one example of the speed at which operations are spinning back up. And I think that's the key for us. If, if you have a leasing partner, our advice would be over-communicate with them, over-communicate with them and your supply chain, ensure your leasing company and us are over-communicating with what's happening with the manufacturers, with the supplying dealers, with the repairers, um, because obviously we've all been focused on keeping um, key worker vehicles um, fit and running over these last few months, but we're going to see demand start increasing for um, non-key worker vehicles. Now everyone's getting back into, into a working pattern. So it's all about over-communication, and particularly when with your drivers as well, and that would be our biggest piece of advice on this pace of recovery. It's changing so quickly, 
and we're seeing a, a huge swing in um, appetite for drivers to take vehicles. So the, the extreme examples we've got is we we have a, a, a driver who walked eight miles during the lockdown um, to get his car because he was that excited and he took advantage of the exercise window to walk to get it. And then we've had other drivers who have not wanted to have um, a new vehicle delivered because of the risk that that poses. So over communication and, and setting expectations with, with your drivers, I think is really important. Um, and we'll learn. We will continue to talk to other countries. We'll continue to talk to our suppliers. And as we're learning, um, the speed at which these things will mobilize and get back up to some kind of normal, then we will, we will obviously be communicating with that. And that would be our, our advice. In regards to social distancing, I think this is probably one of the biggest and most important things that's going to change for running a, a fleet. So we all have a collective responsibility to implement the practices that, that are required to reduce the risk of transmission. We all have a collective responsibility for, for stopping unsafe activities, for protecting people, particularly those at high risk. The government has very clear guidelines and we all have as an industry and our companies a collective responsibility to follow those and implement them to do, to do what's right. But what that means is this, this is new. These are new processes. These are new costs. Two meters, it's not a lot of distance, but it does bring a lot into question in regards to the running of a fleet. Um, putting mo multiple people in a vehicle to go to a job um, the, the sales guys all piling in together to one car to head to the customer ready to give their presentation, swapping out pool cars at a moment's notice, um, reallocated vehicles, all of those things, um, including new vehicle deliveries, um, uh, managing a tire change, they're all changed by the, res by the result of the implementation of that two-meter rule. And we've seen different examples from customers. So we, we have a customer who's looking at a cab shielding option um, in order to make carrying more than one person in a vehicle safe. So looking at a perspex shield across the crew cabs in order to make it um, more safe. We've got some companies in the middle ground where they're taking a policy where it's one person per vehicle, irrespective of the cost that that then generates into the business. And we've got a, an example of a company um, on the continent where in order to um, manage the risk of public transport, where in Italy and Spain, use of public transport has dropped considerably, even though people are back in the office. One of the companies there is actually um, you know, supplying their employees with uh, leased second-hand vehicles at 100 euros a month in order to get them driving to the office rather than them having to use public transport. So we're seeing a, a huge number of new practices that have to be brought into question for converting vehicles, delivering vehicles, and operating um, out of any kind of depot. Um, so this is a new question. And I think it's a, it's a policy question as well, because it's a new type of employee risk. Um, viral load was not an employee risk factor on a road risk policy three months ago. It very much is the case now. We've got to think about the policy that we have in place um, in order to manage the risk because it's another risk factor within a fleet operation and a business operation that's got to be um, handled. What we would say is, um, as a lot of fleet policies tend to be um, shared across the business, this is, this is key. You, you can't write your socially distanced policy whilst being socially distanced. 
it's it's all about consultation and engagement over your business because this is something that is changing every aspect of a company's life nowadays no matter how big no matter how small who can sit where and how companies operate is is totally changed and fleet is a part of that as opposed to an isolated part of that so those are the first two um i think i'd like to hand over to jess now um to talk about um the next couple jess thank you mike um, I'd like to talk to you guys about sanitisation, um, which leads on really nicely from what you've been talking about, Mike, and having a fleet risk policy. This is a whole new problem. So although I talked about my experience being in public sector, we've talked about this with some of our public sector and healthcare providers in the past, organ donation, blood donation, sharps, uh, and cleanliness of frontline ambulances and patient transport. But this is now a problem for everyone. It's not limited to just the NHS. So anyone operating any business is having to consider the sanitization of their vehicles. Uh, essentially, a car or a vehicle or a van is uh, it's a mobile workspace um, and a workspace that moves to different locations. So we have to start seeing it as such. And it's a really hot topic. I know in, in Greece, this is one of their number one topics that they've been talking about, how this has um, been so key to getting people back into their vehicles and having the security that the vehicle that they're driving has been suitably sanitized. So my question to you guys um, listening is really does your back to work policy include your fleet? Are we talking about all of the um, implementing return to work policies, what that will look like for you entering your building and traveling around your offices and your buildings? Um, that really does need to be extended out to, to your fleet, to your mobile offices. Um, so one of the takeaways we would like you to go back is make sure that's happening for your, your mobile fleet. The supply chain has reacted really well to this. So lots uh, of activity has been put in place to ensure sanitization where there are touch points on vehicles. So these include yes, the handover and delivery of new vehicles. So vehicles are cleaned uh, and fully sanitized and a socially distant delivery is arranged on the vehicles. We're seeing that also in life. So with uh, the maintenance providers and accident repair agents, they're implementing new measures, uh, which brings some challenges because there are additional costs now involved in doing that work. And that's one of the discussions we're having as a business. Um, what do we do with those costs? What happened to those costs? Um, so it's another one of those challenges, challenges it's bringing. It's also really impacting on driver experience. So we've seen things like new delivery um, scores have been less satisfied by drivers than, than they used to be because the process isn't as warm as it used to be. It's a much more sterile process. So people are having delivery of their vehicle, um, they're being passed the keys, and they're not having that same one-to-one -one contact time, someone sitting next to them in, sort of in the passenger seat, guiding them through their new vehicle. It's a different experience for our drivers going forward. One of the things that we learned from Italy is that we had um, covered off those touch points. We talked about how do we deliver vehicles safely and how do we manage them in life? What are our breakdown and recovery agents doing to, to be safe as they're working on our vehicles? But uh, Italy shared with us the, the idle fleet. So the fleet that you have sitting at the moment, either in your forecourts or on your car parks, so pool, pool fleet, pool vans, that are sitting there not being touched. As drivers are returning back from furlough, what are your plans for those vehicles? What sort of cleanliness regime will you be putting in place for those vehicles? Is it working with a sanitization provider to provide a full clean of those vehicles? Is it implementing new measures? 
So as part of your sleep risk policy that Mike was talking about earlier, is it uh, mandating that where it's a shared vehicle, do drivers need to be wearing gloves, masks? Will you be providing alcohol wipes to kind of clean the vehicles and the steering wheel and, and all of the touch points on the vehicle? So really thinking about what are those um, what are those actions that you need to take to make sure that set of uh, vehicles are, are kept safe for your employees. Because we've really seen the attitude changing. Italy also shared with us the, the impact attitude wanting to share cars. So we've seen the, the driver share clubs um, really, really diminishing in the appetite for those for the car club. People don't want to be driving someone else's vehicle. They want to drive a vehicle that they know uh, is safe for them to drive. So uh, we're asking you to think about what that policy looks like and making sure you spend as much focus on your return to work plan for your buildings. You're doing the same focus on your vehicles as well. And then the other piece I wanted to talk to you uh, about was uh, about the vehicle admin. So the fleet administration, keeping on top of that. And I know it's been really difficult because if you're not working from the office, so much of the uh, administration, it's paper-based. We know the DVLA loves some paperwork um, and, and they are also experiencing some disruption. So we're seeing really slow times from DVLA, um, particularly around areas like V5 production. So producing V5 is much, much slower. Managing other administration DVLA tasks, license applications, cherished plate transfers, these have almost all come to a halt. Um, and so it's appreciating that there will be a backlog of those things. There'll also be driver frustration, people who want to remove their cherished plate because they've either left the employment or they've got a new vehicle. All of that's being held up for them. If they need new parking permits, uh, again, the, the delay in the V5 is also impacting those employees. I and mean, it's understanding their frustrations around that. From a resource planning perspective, um, at least plan we're keeping on top of that admin, we're doing really well. Um, talking about the parking fine and the penalty charge notification, there's been some discussion around will there be a delay in those. At the moment, we're still seeing multiple fines coming through. So we're averaging about 350 fines a day, penalty notices that are coming through that we're still processing. Um, as a customer, are, are you in the office to be able to pick those up and manage those when you come back? There's also a discussion around penalty charge notices about drivers' attitudes. So we've seen in some boroughs uh, a reduction in the number of fines or their attitude to, to charging some of those fines, so a relaxation of some of the policies. Uh, so I think Croydon were one of the recent boroughs that, that have relaxed their penalty charge notice policy and somewhere like Powers hasn't at all. Um, but it's as things get back to normal, as we come out of lockdown, where drivers may have been able to get away with their parking in, uh, you know, in a double yellow line outside the house or somewhere uh, they wouldn't normally park where they may have got away with it in the past they won't be able to in the future so it's just reinforcing some of those conversations as lockdown begins to open up drivers behaviors will need to change and adapt uh, according to that another source of uh, confusion has been around mot dates so the government announced a uh, three uh, an increase to the um, mot date uh, the six-month increase to the MOT date. So if your MOT was due 4th of May, for example, it will now be due on the 4th of November. Some drivers have um, not really understood this process. 
so they think it's a six month sort of grace period so I've, I've got six months in which to get it done so I must hurry out and go and get that MOT now, now I can I must go and catch up that MOT so it's not a grace period it's a new MOT expiry date uh, in six months time that also causes us some challenge and, and it causes uh, if you're taxing your own vehicles if you've got your own fleet and you're taxing your own vehicles there are also some challenges around that so where we need an MOT to be able to tax a vehicle um, we have to wait for the DVLA to update the new MOT date and on average that's happening about five to three days before the expiry date of the MOT so where we would like to tax vehicles in advance sometimes up to two weeks in advance to make sure that the, the vehicle is fully compliant uh, we're having to wait till the DVLA update the new MOT expiry date before we can acquire uh, the BED for the vehicle um, and you'll have that same impact so drivers are getting concerned sometimes that the vehicles aren't taxed we are all up to date with the taxation but the window has got shorter on those the other thing just to bring to your attention uh, are some increases again that we're seeing so particularly around the congestion charge so from the 18th of, the, of May uh, they have uh, introduced a new uh, congestion charge penalty so it's increased from it was £11.50 it's now increased to £15 and they've also extended the hours um, that are now seven days a week and the charging window is 6am to 10pm so it's a significant extension to that congestion charge zone so for us it's about helping you to be able to manage your um, administrations that comes through understanding that there's a backlog with the DVLA but reinforcing those messages with your drivers um, that they do need to adhere to the, the parking laws that where there has been a relaxation we will see those coming back into uh, life again um, and that they must adhere by, by that, those regulations thank you Mike I'll pass back to you thanks Jess very interesting um, so the final section really is just they're all things that we've talked about there that in, that require and involve immediate action um, from companies, fleet operators, leasing companies, and the supply chain in order to ensure that um, the fleet is run is run well. But we think there's also an opportunity as well. Um, over the next few months, we're going to learn as much as we've learned over the last few months. And if you read any anyone who's read stuff about this, will see that people are using their vehicles less. And in the last few months, that's been um, blatantly obvious. But as we come back to it, businesses are not keen to suddenly start instigating full people back in the office with lots of customer and supplier meetings. So the actual nature of um, operating fleets is going to change quite considerably. The question over um, job need, the type of job need vehicles, um, the ability to operate much more remotely with a lot more technology-based meetings will bring into question the types of schemes that you run and the types of fleets you've got and all the things we've talked about um, earlier on will bring into question the number of vehicles you need to enact your job so we we believe there's going to be a considerable opportunity to change the way the fleet looks but right now there's not enough information to be able to make any kind of substantial change so we think that the key thing is is making sure that the the review of your fleet starts now and evolves over the next few months as we learn how we'll come out if um out of this 
and I nearly said a new normal and I just stopped myself, but that was close. Um, but things will change. The vehicles we use, the number of vehicles we have, the mileage patterns that we do, the policy that we'll need to do them and the future of job need thresholds and things will all change. And I think there's, a, there's an opportunity there to make sure we understand what that looks like um, over the next few months as we learn more information. And we actually asked um, our colleagues in the other countries if there was one thing they could tell us in the UK um, that would help us as we as we come forward, what would it be? And and they said, actually, the key is don't look back, look forward. That every company that they were talking to in the countries were all looking at what this means for their business moving forward. Um, in Italy, they've got a number of people on furlough till August, similar to us. We've, we've got a scheme running similarly with 11, 11 million people in furlough. That means that the economic implications of this crisis have not yet been fully understood. And how that means businesses fleet shape up is not yet understood. So the key advice they gave us was look forward because all the conversations they found that they've had the most value with the customers have been the forward looking ones beyond the next week, beyond the next month. Um, so that's where we see a big opportunity to engage with your fleet partners um, over the coming months to start that shaping of what does the future look like in a post-COVID world when hopefully we, we do get to one. Um, so that concludes what we we're going to talk about um, today. We have a series coming up of future webinars. Um, all of them will be based on the principle of trying to learn from other countries and customers um, as we come out of this and start shaping up what fleets look like. So um, that's on screen now that you can see the next one. We hope to see you. We hope you um, enjoyed and found the time informative and we hope to see you at the next one. So I think from uh, myself and Jess and um, everyone here at Lease Plan, I wish you a safe um, and happy day and I hope you enjoy yourselves and thank you very much for your time.